Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily Thanksgiving edition for the 24th of November, 2022. As unfortunately, we were not thanking the giving of a win. Flyers go down last night in overtime when Alexander Ovechkin scores the game-winning goal. He does so at 104 of the overtime, and the Flyers are now at an eight-game winless skid. Yeah, they get a point. I, I don't I'm not a big fan of the loser point, in case you haven't noticed listening to this podcast, Uh, but certainly a frustrating result in this game for the Flyers. They get outshot in the game 32-23. I thought Felix Sandstrom played excellent in the game, really battled, made some big-time saves and big-time spots. The Caps get a tying goal in the third period at 17-02 when Sonny Milano puts one by Felix Sandstrom, a one that... When we looked at it multiple times, was it offside? Did it need to be challenged? It was very close. And if you don't have a real good feeling that it is, got to pick your spots, spot time in a game. 17.02 in the third period, so 2.58 on the clock. If that's in the second period, maybe you take the risk and you challenge it because you've got time to overcome. Because if you challenge that and then they score on the power play, you got no time to overcome. If, if you don't win the challenge. Now, if you win the challenge, that's great. But if you don't win the challenge and you have to go in with that mindset. So if it's in the second period and that happens and you lose the challenge and they go up 3-2 to two in the game, you've got time to overcome that. With only 2.58 left, you don't have time to overcome that. So maybe that went into play in that decision of whether to challenge it or not on one that was really very, very close. We don't know all the camera angles they had. But it certainly looked close on the television and the ones we saw on the TNT broadcast. Flyers opened the scoring when Morgan Frost picked up his third goal of the season, 527 into the first, one that Darcy Kemper just absolutely butchered. He did not look sharp, especially early in the game. Then the Caps got it tied at 11.05 on the power play when Marcus Johansson uh, picked up his fifth goal of the season. Then at 14.33, the second, Patrick Brown is able to get his first of the season. Flyers back up 2-1, go into the third period with that lead. Like I said, until Milano picks up that goal, his third, and Ovechkin eventually ends it in the OT. Now, I don't know if people saw this video. If you haven't seen this video, uh, you can jump on my Twitter. It's on my feed, at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. And I posted a video. The goal that gets scored in overtime I believe, had too many men on the ice. Now, first and foremost, I know what you're saying. Oh, don't blame it on the refs. I know. I don't. I'm not one of those guys who blames games on the refs. But in this situation, Dylan Strome is on the ice in front of the Capitals bench. He is on the ice, established, and presented his stick as an option for the pass from John Carlson, the defenseman. As the pass is on its way to Strom, we see Kuznetsov then come into the shot and get off the ice. That is too many men on the ice. The problem is, is because Strom gets the pass and he's the option there before Kuznetsov is off. And then he takes the puck, goes right in, crosses with Ovechkin, feeds him the one-timer, and Ovechkin scores. And look, the Flyers right now, there's bigger issues. I get it. But... Get it right from an officiating standpoint. You can have a change where a guy jumps on and with that same kind of timing, 
But if the play doesn't come anywhere near him, then I'm fine with it. The problem is, is that it's a three-on-three, and Strom is there as the option for the pass up the ice. And because Netsoff, it's not even close. But it is what it is. I'm not going to go crazy about it. I just, it's clearly to me, too many men on the ice. So the Flyers will be back at it Friday. They'll look to uh, end this eight-game winless skid against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday and uh, not let it get into double digits. And they'll have an opportunity to do that Friday at 5.30 at Wells Fargo. And if they can't do it, then the 10th game is going to be a tough one. It's a back-to-back against the Islanders on the road. Not an easy spot to go into coming up on Saturday. I mean, the Islanders right now are the third spot in the Metropolitan Division. 20 games played, 12-8-0, 24 points, 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're a good hockey team. Penguins, like the Flyers, have also played 20 games. They are 10-7-3, 23 points, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, and they've won four straight games. So you're catching the Pens. They're starting to play well. Flyers have lost eight straight. Last night's game between the Caps and the Flyers, Flyers went in losing seven straight, and the Caps went in losing four straight. They come away with the win. Flyers... I'll have to wait another day and chew on it over Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Let's get to a couple more responses to the the notion of being okay. You're not celebrating it, but being okay with the fact that the team is working hard and spilling it game in and game out. So you can email me, jason.mertitus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And you can shoot me a note there, or you can DM me on Twitter as well. And Jeff chose to email me, Jeff Kirsch. And he said, hey, Jason, I'm a daily listener of the Flyers Daily Podcast as well as the Stick to Hockey Podcast. I love the content you provide and appreciate how you, quote, keep it real while also being on the Flyers payroll. Simply put, you're the best. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And he said, regarding your question on today's episode about effort for any true Flyers fan, the answer is absolutely yes. If all of our forwards were healthy, despite a maximum payroll, they are borderline playoff team at best. The fact that a max payroll team is in that position is a bigger discussion. I agree. That said, to have Coots, Cam, JVR, and now Travis Konechny and Scott Lawton out is a tragic comedy. I'm fairly certain that any other NHL team missing its three to five forwards would struggle mightily, let alone their best defenseman. He said, while I realize not all fans will agree with me, all we can ask for is an honest effort. This year, I've seen that every night without fail. It sucks that they're losing. It sucks that the last two years have transpired the way they have. And it really sucks that this team was rolling and legit cup threat when a global pandemic hit. And for a myriad of reasons, the train went off the tracks. Yet that's the reality. Keep up the great work. Um, Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Great email. Um, Right now, as I look at it, they have five potentially of their top six forwards out. Now, some of these guys are recent injuries like Konechny and Lawton. JVR was a little while back, but started the season, obviously. Uh, Sean Couturier, we were hoping he would be back, but hasn't been the case. And Cam Atkinson, same situation, also missing Wade Allison as well. So six forwards they are without right now. And to the question, though, about, and Jeff said, absolutely yes, that the effort is enough to pacify him right now. And, you know, effort is one of those things as Philadelphia sports fans that we demand. And it, it to me, it shouldn't be bonus points for effort. 
it should be a foregone conclusion that that's part of it. It hasn't been. That's the fact of the matter, is that max effort every night, despite the result to an extent, is enough to pacify some of the fans. That's that's why we're asking the question. But eventually you got to get to a point where it's, hey, the, what matters is, okay, we got a team that is the right character and makeup to give max effort every night, but also that's going to win games. And look, there are a lot of injuries, but even like Jeff said, even with a, a fully healthy roster, this team would have been scraping to try and be in playoff position. That's the fact of the matter. They need more high-end talent. They need some players to play better still. And that's what this season is going to be about. Who can play better? Who can maintain the standard and the, the competitive edge to come out every night and play that type of hockey and can do it in trying circumstances like when the team is not getting the result. You know, that's hard. To me, the, one of the really interesting things is how, you know, John Tortorella says he's a guy that coaches the mind. He's going to coach the players' minds. How does he coach the mind and prevent those players in that room from going down the rabbit hole of here we go again and a defeated mentality? Look, if you listening to this and you played sports, you know what it's like when guys on your team are out. Important players are out. There's a human nature thing that kicks in and says, uh-oh, we're in trouble. So and so and so and so are out. You know, that's just the natural, that's, you don't feel at full strength. Now, some people take that and go, so and so and so are out, so I got to raise the level of my play. You can do that, but you only do that for a short period of time because eventually the talent that you've lost exposes you as being a weaker opponent. So, but how does John Tortorella coach the mind to not let that happen when you've got Konechny, Lawton, JVR, Coots, Cam Atkinson, and Wade Allison all out right now. And you're mired in an eight-game winless skit. How does he not let that mindset of being defeated before the game is even played come into the equation? I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if he's ever dealt with anything quite like this. And if he has, how he dealt with it, what he learned from it, and how he'll deal with it now. No idea. I mean, I'd love to talk to a sports psychologist about that. How do you prevent that from creeping in? Because it is human nature to know, uh uh-oh, we're missing a lot of our key guys and for extended periods of time in a very unforgiving NHL. How's Torts going to, how's he going to manage that? That's going to be a really interesting element over the next couple of weeks, maybe months. We'll see. Uh, let's get to a DM. One more here on Thanksgiving. Kevin Ober tweets in, and he says, or he DMs me. Just a random thought. I'm happy with this team this year playing as a unit, and they have showed up, showed heart, no pun intended, this season. But what do they need to do to get back on the winning side of hockey and for the season not to turn into two 10-game losing streaks they had last season? He said, I know the Flyers are not like a lot of other teams in the NHL with skilled players like McKinnon, 
but they do need to find ways to score more in games and take charge instead of sitting back. Just a little rant, he says. He says, I do not have expectations of them being a playoff team this year, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the team eventually being a cup contender just every year seems to never go that way. Just want the Flyers to be like other teams in the NHL where they're in a spot, you know, every season and they have a chance to make the playoffs and be a Stanley Cup contender. Thanks, Jason. Love the podcast. Just want to put my two cents in. It's a good note. And it's something that I've kind of talked about. We want to see this team arc in a direction of becoming, A, a perennial playoff team that's going to be in that playoff mix and hopefully can arc their way to get being a playoff team, winning a round or two, and then making runs for multiple years. And look, we've seen teams that have been built that are definitely playoff teams every year. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a playoff team every year. And they haven't gotten out of the first round, but they do have a ton of talent. They're just flawed in construction. There's other teams. Obviously, Tampa is a great team. They're a playoff team. And they've won a couple of cups with this core of players. And there's going to be Colorado that's going to be in that mix. You know, so you got to have that high-end talent. That's what they all have in common. And you've got to then build a team around them. And you've got to be really diligent in the money you hand out. Because, you know, as we came into the action last night, the Edmonton Oilers, for example, were minus three in goal differential and a non-playoff team. Now, we know about the Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, if you're in the playoffs in the NHL, on American Thanksgiving, 80% of the time, you make the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. If you're not, 80% of the time, you miss the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, I think Edmonton has plenty of time to overcome that. They have some incredible players. But right now, through 20 games, a record of 10-10. and 10. Excuse me, they're not minus three. They're minus six now and three and seven in their last 10. And they've got two players that are two of the best hockey players on the planet. It's not like they just have one. They got two in Dreisaitl and obviously McDavid. I mean, McDavid is ridiculous. In 19 games played, McDavid's got 19 assists and 16 goals, 35 points. Dreisaitl, in 19 games, has 20 assists and 11 goals, 31 points. Even Ryan Nugent Hopkins is more than a point-per-game player at 21 points. I mean, and Hyman, 19 points. But that team is 10-10 and and... Minus six in gold differential. So you got to be able to build a whole team. Like the thing with the Oilers that I wonder about is can you build a full team when you're playing, paying two players, McDavid and Dreisaitl, the amount of money that they're paying them? Look at a team like Toronto. Can you build a team that can defend and keep the puck out of their net well enough when you're paying those four forwards, Matthews, Marner, Nylander and Tavares, the kind of money that you're paying them. Is that possible? And it's not going to get any easier because Matthews is coming up on free agency. So, you know, building that team, you know, I think Tampa had an advantage. They're a no-tax state. It's a great place to live and play hockey. Players can take less of a contract and bring home more. 
I think that's an advantage for markets like Tampa, like Dallas, uh, like some Arizona, like some other ones around the NHL. Vegas is also in that boat where they don't have income tax, state income tax. But thanks for the note. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll get to some more of these coming up on Friday. We'll also preview Flyers pens on Friday. Flyers look to stop this eight-game winless skid. But everybody, do me a favor. Have a great, great Thanksgiving, a safe one to you and your families. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It means a ton to me and all the people uh, that help put this on. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you Friday on a brand new Flyers.